Harvest New Beginnings Church is located in Oswego, Illinois. Our mission is to make disciples who are radically devoted to Christ, having both a deep love for God and a sincere love for people. This message is brought to you by Pastor Scott Poling. There are now about 20 volcanic fissures that have opened up on the big island of Hawaii. Some are blasting lava uh, upwards of 230 to 300 feet in the air. Um, Lava flow has reached 200 acres, moving through the Leilani Estates and Lanapuna Garden subdivision. And you thought you wanted to live in Hawaii. Well, you wouldn't want to live in that subdivision, let me tell you right now. 27 homes have been engulfed by molten fire. Um, That molten lava reaches upwards of 2,200 degrees. And so it completely incinerates everything that it touches, including Ford Mustangs, um, by the way. This is one as it just crept across the road and uh, completely and fully engulfed um, that car. Um, Yeah, including that R2-D2 mailbox. I don't know if you saw that on there, but anyway. I heard the guy who owned the car, I don't know if this is true, but I heard he went over to it and just took his keys and threw them in the lava too because he didn't need them anymore. Imagine losing everything you own to incineration. All your furniture, clothing, family heirlooms, everything. You know, aren't you glad there's no volcanoes in this state? Everything you have is safe and secure. Wrong. Nothing you own, nothing that I own is safe and secure. Everything is going to burn. Everything. Everything people have worked for, every material possession that is treasured, everything of worth, value, and sentimental importance, everything is going to burn everything. They say, well, where is that found? It's found in the book of 2 Peter. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn as we go back in to this letter, the second epistle of this apostle, this apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to see the truths that God teaches and the truths that God warns us about that are going to happen. 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, and I want you to follow along as I read, starting in verse 10. Of 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat. The earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming day of God because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for the new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So prepare to kiss it all goodbye. Everything on this planet. Everything. Why? Number one, because the Lord is coming unexpectedly. Say that with me. The Lord is coming unexpectedly. We're told here in verse 10, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Now the day of the Lord is a day of judgment. Judgment upon this wicked world. Destruction of everything on this planet. In other words, the Lord is coming back. 
The first time he came, he came as a lamb. The second time, he's coming like a lion. The first time he came, he came to save. The second time, he is coming to judge. The first time he came, he came with mercy. This second time, there will be unmerciful wrath from our coming Lord. It's called the day of the Lord. It's mentioned at least 19 times in the Old Testament alone. Both historically, referring to the judgments then, as well as future eschatological, prophetic judgment. Uh, Isaiah, one passage in Isaiah gives us a picture in Isaiah 13. Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Behold, the day of the Lord is coming. Cruel with fury and burning anger to make the land a desolation. He will exterminate sinners from it. The stars of heaven and their constellations will not flash forth their light. The sun will be dark when it rises. The moon will not shed its light. Then I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will also put an end to the arrogance of the proud and abase the haughtiness of the rulers. Verse 13. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble. The earth will be shaken from its place at the fury of the Lord of hosts in the day of his burning anger. Again in Isaiah, this time chapter 24. The earth is broken asunder. The earth is split through. The earth is shaken violently. The earth reels to and fro like a drunkard and it totters like a shack for its transgression is heavy upon it. And it will fall never to rise again. Peter has already alluded to this truth once earlier in this same chapter. In chapter 3 verse 3, verse 3 through 7. Know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues as it was from the beginning of creation. Peter says, oh, they're so mistaken. When they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and by water through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded by water. God has destroyed this world once. He's going to do it again. By his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for what? For fire. Kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. So he says, it's the day of the Lord and it's the day of judgment and it will come, verse 10. It's going to come like a thief. Make no doubt about it. It is not a matter of if. It is a matter of when. Now, we know it's a matter of if, not when. And please don't set any dates for it. There have been hundreds of goofballs through the centuries who've tried to set dates for the Lord's return. By the way, most recently, just last month. It was, I missed it. I'm so sorry, you know. April 23rd, David Mead, a numerologist, set a date. And by the way, that was his second attempt. Before this guy, Family Radio's Harold Camping tried it six different times. Last one was October in 2011. He was so convinced he spent over $5 million on billboard publicity. That's good stewardship of God's money. Please listen to the clear teaching of scripture when it comes to the Lord's return and date setting. Acts 1-7, he said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. You cannot know the time. You will not know the time. Matthew 24, 
the Lord said. But of that day and hour, who knows? Tell me. No one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. No one knows. Not even the Son. And if the Son doesn't know, how do you think you're going to figure it out? Who do you think you are if the Son of the living God doesn't even know? By the way, have you ever set a date for your house to be robbed? He says he's coming like a thief. You ever schedule a day on your calendar for the thief to break into your home and steal all your stuff? I don't think so. You can't set dates for a thief. You can't schedule the Lord's return. Who do you think you are? He says, I am coming like a thief. We see this repeated as well. 1 Thessalonians 5. Now as to times and epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they're saying, peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like the pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. Revelation sixteen fifteen. Behold, I am coming like a thief. He's coming. He's coming. It will be unannounced. He's coming back. He's coming. It will be unexpected. He's coming. And he will take people by total surprise. So prepare to kiss it all goodbye. The Lord is coming unexpectedly. Secondly, the earth will change drastically. Say that with me. The earth will change drastically. And not just the earth. Look at verse 10. The day of the Lord's coming like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar. The elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. So heaven is going to pass away and the heavens, plural. So what you can see and what I can see with the naked eye, our visible atmosphere, what we see in the sky by day, what we see in the sky by night, it's going to pass away. It's not permanent. It's going to radically change and it will never be the same. And when it happens, it will happen with a roar. This terrifying, loud, incredible roar. And roar is an onomatopoeia, which is a word that sounds like what it means. Roar! Loud, deafening, rushing, whirling, all-consuming power. Think about lining up every jet on every military base on this planet or every aircraft carrier and every huge plane at every major airport and have every one of these things start all of their engines at the same time and increase the full throttle and it won't even come close to what's going to happen. It won't even come close. The heavens are going to pass away with a roar. The heavens... And then it says the elements will be destroyed with intense heat. Elements meaning the the, the basic atomic components that make everything up. The physical heavens and earth will be broken down to their basic elements, melted down, destroyed with this intense heat, dissolved and disintegrated and burned up to nothing. I have a friend who pastors in Gold Lake, Minnesota, Mark Bierlow. 
Uh, three of his kids were home. He and his wife were not with their other kids. And uh, one afternoon, there are three kids that were home. They lit a candle. Flame caught the fringe of a lamp. And this was the result. They pretty much lost everything. Clothes, furniture, scrapbooks, wedding album, family pictures, memorabilia. Praise God they didn't lose their kids. It's all going up in flames. Everything. I want you to understand, God is going to do more than light a candle. He's going to torch this entire planet. Everything. He made it. He can burn it. And by the way, I personally don't believe it's going to be some madman pushing a button starting a nuclear disaster. God does not need a madman with a button. He, he initiated the first destruction by water. And at his command it happened. He will initiate the second destruction with a command. He he spoke this world into existence. He will speak this world into judgment. Or he can just poke holes all over the crust and mantle of this planet and have molten lava come everywhere and just engulf everything. He can do that as well. I want you to understand the heavens are going to pass. This earth is going to be destroyed. And not only that, the earth, and it says here, and its works will be burned up. So the earth is going to be burned up. You mean the whole earth? The entire planet. Well, what happens to those vast oceans and bodies of waters? The seas. What seas? Revelation 21. There is no longer what? Any sea. There are no oceans. There are no seas on this future planet. He says all of the works will be burned up. So the great works of man are melted into nothing. The great cities of this planet, including Chicago, with its skyscrapers and modern-day towers of battle and Babel and great bridges that span mighty rivers and great monuments that have been built to man's achievements and great cathedrals and great palaces and great works of arts with priceless masterpieces and great homes... Dream homes that people have poured everything into, they're going up in flames. The great possessions that people have accumulated, and money, and jewelry, and cars, and trophies, and antique furniture, even your granite countertop isn't going to handle that heat. Everything is going up, people. Everything. And when men stand before God at the judgment, nothing will be left for them to point at as their great accomplishments. Because it will all be melted. And if we die before the fire falls, by the way, you ain't taking nothing with you anyway. It was Job who said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I'm going to return there. The Lord gave, the Lord's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen carefully. Stop living for stuff. Stop accumulating stuff. 
Stop focusing on stuff. It's all kindling for a really big fire. That's all it is. Now, there's nothing wrong with owning things. But you better not let things own you. Because it's all going to burn. King Solomon, chapter 1, verse 2 of Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. Vanity of vanity, say it with me. All is vanity. Say it again. All is vanity. Tell the person next to you. All is vanity. King Solomon knew something about vanity. He built houses, he says, for myself. I planted vineyards for myself. I made gardens and parks for myself. I made ponds and waters for myself. He was the richest man on the planet. He collected great stores of gold and silver and treasures for myself. He says, I provided all kinds of entertainment for myself. The best of singers. And oh, by the way, 300 concubines. And this was his conclusion in Ecclesiastes 2, 10 and 11. All that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure. Verse 11, thus I considered all my activities which my hands had done and all the labor which I exerted. And and behold, all was what? It's all vanity. Striving after wind. There's no profit under the sun. Store up your treasure. Not on earth. But in heaven. Isn't that what Jesus told us to do? Matthew chapter 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy. Where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Eternal Perspective Ministries, which is a ministry of Randy Alcorn, has put together a great video. I want you to watch this short video with me right now. Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Why is he telling them don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth? Because they're not going to last. It's not simply that it's the wrong thing to do. It's the stupid thing to do. But Jesus says, turn it around. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Then if you know me, you're going to heaven then every day of your life if your treasures are in heaven you're getting closer to your treasures instead of moving away from your treasures he who spends his life moving away from his treasures has reason to despair he who spends his life moving toward his treasures has reason to rejoice this life is just a dot and from that dot extends a line and that line is going to go out forever We all live in the dot, but if we're smart, we're not going to live for the dot. We're going to live for the line with the people of God. God who will live forever, people who will live forever, his word which will live forever. So live your life now while you're in the dot in light of the line, investing in the line. What's going to matter after you die? Stop living for the dot. Live for the line of eternity. 
Every day, you and I are moving closer to heaven. Are you moving closer to where your treasures are? Because if you are more concerned about heaven than this earth, you will have joy as you move closer to heaven. If your treasures are on this earth, you will have nothing but despair. Because you can't hold on to it. And you won't hold on to it. That's why some of you here today are filled with so much despair. Because you live for a dot. And you live for stuff that will not last. Oh yeah, you come to church. Oh yeah, you're a Christian. But you're miserable. Because you do not live for the things of God. You live for the things that are going to burn. It's time that you gain an eternal perspective on what life is really all about, how short it is, and what really matters. Be prepared to kiss it all goodbye. The Lord is coming unexpectedly. The earth will change drastically. Number three, so commit to live more godly. Say that with me. Commit to live more godly. Look at verse 11 and 12. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be? Think about it, he says. Think about what you've just heard. Think about what is going to happen in just a matter of time. The heavens are going to be destroyed. The earth is going to be destroyed. All of the works on this planet are going to be destroyed. It is not a matter of if, but when. So what changes are you going to make? This is more of an exclamation than a question. What sort of people ought you to be? What sort of people ought you to be? Contemplate how you are living your life. Change your priorities. Contemplate how you are living your life. Change the direction you're going. May the knowledge of this burning judgment purge us of our sinful habits. May it purge us of our selfish desires. May it purge us of our covetousness and and materialistic living. May it purge us. I want you to understand there is purpose to prophecy. And the purpose of prophecy is not to argue with people over verses and meanings and spend countless hours speculating on every detail or setting dates. The purpose of prophecy is to motivate me and motivate you to godly living. Get our act together. Stop wasting our life accumulating junk. God is going to destroy this planet and everything on it. We are not for this world. We are not of this world. Stop living like this world. All this world cares about is bigger and better and nicer and newer and more, 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 more because all they have is this world. You are made for so much more than this world, child of God. 
You're not of this world. Peter's already told us in chapter 2, verse 11 of the first letter. Behold, I urge you as aliens and strangers. You're a pilgrim growing through. You're not staying here. Paul reminds us in Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven from which we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Be like Abraham. And in Hebrews 11.10, we're told he was looking for a city which has foundations whose architect and builder is God. He's looking for the heavenly Jerusalem. Peter gives the answer to his exclamation. What sort of people ought you to be? He says, be holy, holy conduct and godliness. Be holy, meaning I want you set apart. You are different from this world. I want you sanctified. I want you separate. You are in the world, not of the world, and you're soon leaving this world, so don't live for the world. He says, be holy in conduct. That means our actions, my behavior, your behavior. How I live my life. How you live your life. Where do we need to be more holy? Where do you need to be more holy? Where do I need to be more holy? We see a passage in Galatians that reminds us of the deeds of the flesh. Immorality, impurity, sensuality. Is there sexual sin in your life that needs to change immediately? Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, things like that. Where do you need to be holy? Being filled with the Spirit will help us to be holy. Also in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Self-control. That'll help us to be holy. He says, I want you holy based on you what you know. It's all going to burn. And then he says, and godliness, meaning a devotion to God, an attitude of reverence toward God. To be godly, even when things don't go our way. To be reverent, even when when hard things happen in our life. Cindy Gilsdorf, who's a part of our church, was sitting in a waiting room at the doctor's office this past week. She heard a commotion outside, and Plainfield Fire Department wanted to talk to her about a fire. Her car was, a car had caught fire that was parked next to hers. When she went outside, it wasn't parked next to hers, it was her car that went up in flames. The police officer told her there were a lot of people there with their phones filming it. Only one bothered to call. She only had $241.16 left on one payment to own it outright. She had worked so hard to pay it off. This was her response. Since then, I've been thinking that nothing is totally mine. It all belongs to God. It burned up for whatever reason I don't know yet, but he still takes care of me. He protected me. I'm staying optimistic and trusting God. As Job said, the Lord is given, the Lord is taken away. What? Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
So, so be holy in conduct, be godly and reverent, and, and live, look at verse 12, live with an expectation. An expectation of what? He says, looking for and hastening the coming day of God. So he says, look for the coming day of God. Now, look for it without worry, without fear. You, you've been saved from the judgment. You're a child of God. So look, look with an eager anticipation and expectancy and an excitement. Look for it. Uh, my son Dawson's graduating, as many of you are graduating. And, and that's exciting time for you who are graduating. You look forward to that. I'm looking forward to the family that's coming into town for the graduation. My dad's going to be here. My mom's going to be here. My other kids are going to be here. I, I look forward to them coming in. He says, you need to look forward to Jesus' return. You need to look forward and get excited about the Lord's return. And it says here, the coming of the day of God. Coming literally translated means the presence of God. His presence. It's the blessed hope in Titus 2.13. Looking for the blessed hope and appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the blessed hope. The return of our Lord. The reign of our Lord. Complete eradication of sin and death. I mean, the dawn of a new creation. A new heavens and a new earth. And by the way, a new body. Who's ready for a new body? I mean, come on, think about this, because we're told in 3 John that when we see him, or 1 John 3, when we see him, we will be like him. Incredible. See, I want you to understand, we need to put our hope in nothing else. We need to put our hope in no one else. We put all of our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Revelation 22, we, we, can, we can amen this. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen what? Come, Lord Jesus. Listen, you may be here today and, and you don't have the Lord Jesus in your life. You've come to church. You're kind of religious. You're kind of thinking, seeking, learning. You need to understand, you will be safe and secure in nothing on this planet. You will only be safe and secure in Jesus alone. He is God who created you. He is God who loves you. He is God who died on the cross for every one of your sins and my sins and our sins. And you can be safe only in a relationship with God. And at the end of the service, I'll lead in a prayer. And I want to encourage you to call out to God. Let him save you. He loves you. Let him forgive you. It says here, look for the coming day of God. And then very interesting, it says this. Verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming day of God. Hasten means to accelerate the Lord's coming. To bring it about more quickly. And you may say, well, how in the world can I do that? I know I'm supposed to be looking forward to the Lord's return, but how can I do it? I know I can't do it set in a date. No, you can't do it set in a date. So how do I hasten the Lord's return? One way is praying for it. Matthew 6, 9, and 10, the Lord Jesus said, pray then in this way, your kingdom what? Your kingdom come. Oh, we fail as believers in our prayer lives, but we really fail in this area. God, would you bring about your kingdom? God, would you bring about your reign? We get so excited about a prince marrying a princess. woo 
Come, Lord Jesus, set up your kingdom, King of kings and Lord of lords. Come for your bride, Lord Jesus. You are the groom. That's where we should be getting excited. Come on now, people. Think about this. Pray this way. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. That's how we should be focused. That's how we should be praying. Your kingdom come. So not only praying to God, but also preaching to the lost. Matthew 24, 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the what? And then the end will come. How's your witnessing going? How's your preaching of the gospel? That's just not for me to do. When's the last time you shared your faith with somebody at work? One of your neighbors? A total stranger? We should be sharing Jesus Christ our Lord with everybody. Hasten the coming of the kingdom of our God. Or are we too tied in to the stuff of earth? holding on to it more than we hold on to the souls of men and women damned to hell. I want you to understand the stuff of this earth is going to burn. Souls of people are so much more important than stuff. Would you hasten the kingdom of God by sharing Christ? So glad to have Randy and Cindy Richner here serving in Brazil. Who's next? Let's send you out as one of our missionaries. Let God use you somewhere in this world. Let us support you and pray for you and and, and go on missions trips and not just go just for a short little stunt, but go with a mindset, God, do you want me to commit my life to this? Because everything else on this world is going to burn. Go to Europe. Go to Africa. I'm hoping to go back to Rwanda later this year. Go somewhere. Share the gospel. Give your life to Jesus Christ on the mission field. Man, God, raise up missionaries in our church. Raise them up. And then he ends this verse. Remember, it's all going to burn. Because of that which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. It's all going to burn. Prepare to kiss it all goodbye. The Lord is coming unexpectedly. The earth will change drastically. Commit to live more godly. Number four, embrace his promise wholeheartedly. Say that with me. Embrace his promise wholeheartedly. Look at verse 13. But according to his promise, and we sang about his promises, one of the last songs. But according to his promise, we are looking for a new heavens. And a new earth in which righteousness dwells. According to his promise, God always keeps his promises. True. God always keeps his promises. Is it true? Yes. So he has promised to destroy the heavens. Is he going to destroy the heavens? Yes. He has promised to destroy the earth. Is he going to destroy this earth? Yes. He has promised to destroy all the works that are on this earth. Is he going to destroy all the works on this earth? Yes. His promises are always true. He has also promised a new heaven. He has promised a new earth. And he has promised righteousness dwelling forever. 
Martin Luther, the great reformer of old, used to say, the world is now in its working clothes, but that by and by it will be arrayed in its Easter garments of joy. That's the new heavens. That's the new earth. The earth is going to change. It will never be the same. It will be far, far better. Revelation 21. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adored for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men and he will dwell among them. And they shall be his people and God himself shall be, will be among them. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, say it with me, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Right, for these words are faithful and true. His promises are faithful and true. And so look! With anticipation and keep looking with expectancy and keep looking with excitement for a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. We long and we look for the new heaven, for the new earth where there is no sin, where there is no sorrow, where there is no pain, where there is no death, unlike anything we have ever experienced or known before. It's coming. Don't live for the stuff of this world. It's all going to burn. Prepare to kiss it. All goodbye. Why? Say it with me. The Lord is coming unexpectedly. The earth will change drastically. Commit to live more godly and embrace his promise wholeheartedly. If you've been prompted by this message and are in need of a new beginning, or would like more information about Harvest New Beginnings, visit atharvest.church. 